Hello, welcome to another episode of the Waffle Press Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today, as always, are my co-hosts, Gina Versa and Nick Lerner. How are you guys hey, doing? How's it going? Doing good. Doing pretty good. All right, good, good, good. I'm I'm doing pretty good too. Uh, less good is uh, the tragic shooting in Las Vegas over the weekend. Uh, our hearts and thoughts go out to everyone inflicted with that violence. I know hearts and prayers and all that don't really mean much, but it's all we can do right now. If you can, if you can help in any way, please, please do. It's a very, very tragic circumstance, and uh, our hearts go out to all involved. But on a on a much lighter note, Matt Curion is here today from Talk hey. Film Society. Jesus Christ, how do I follow that? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We, we got, we're, we're a movie talk show, but uh, I think but, it's important to acknowledge the very real circumstances of the real world. And Matt, you are also a, a real circumstance. I'm very uh, hashtag problematic. How is everyone doing? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. We've, been, we've been trying to, to get you on the show for a little while. I'm very happy that you're finally Damn. here. Yeah, you got me last minute, too. I'm very excited. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Anything have, for you, uh, Diego. Anything for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you, you a man after my own heart. Really quick, Matt, uh, tell yes. us a little bit about yourself, Talk Film Society, Pixels and Reels, whatever you want. Oh, shit. Pixels and Reels. Okay. Uh, anyway, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Matt Curion. I'm the editor at large over at talkfilmsociety.com. Uh, it's a uh, little website that Marcelo uh, Pico, uh, people know him from the Talk Film Society. Uh, Twitter handle. Uh, he started it back in November of last year, so it's almost a year old. And uh, we just have a lot of fun over there. A lot of good lists, a lot of good articles, uh, some fun columns uh, every once in a while. I have my own column. It's called Screams from the Crypt, where I just look at horror movies, and that's a blast. And also, hey, it's that time of year, so it's going to be crazy coming up in October. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I'm also the co-host, along with Marcelo, of Hey, What You Watching? It's a weekly podcast where he and I just shoot the shit about what we've been watching. And uh, we have a lot of cool guests, uh, good times, a lot of cool guests coming up in October, especially. We have, um, he's a writer for uh, Bloody Disgusting. Uh, we have Jimmy Champagne coming on. Uh, we have Jimmy George, who uh, wrote and produced uh, the WNUF Halloween special from a few years back, uh, which is one of my favorite seasonal uh, movies. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun coming up. Uh, check it out. Very sounds cool. like it. Yeah, sounds fun. Uh, we here are, are also doing our own little spooky season thing. It's uh, significantly smaller, but we're going to be highlighting some of our favorite movies and bringing on some more guests. Hell yeah. And yeah. So, of course, everyone gets into the, the, the Halloween mood with movies. I mean, how could you not? Horror movies are such a, a, a big part of just being a movie fan, I think, mm -hmm. you know? It's my favorite genre. <laughs> What's your favorite horror movie, Matt? I don't think I've ever asked you this. Well, Alien. Fuck yeah. But I mean, if you want to talk like, but if you want to go with like subgenres, I mean, my favorite slasher is the original uh, My Bloody Valentine. Nice, nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one. That's a real good one. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, very. It, it very absolutely glory. is. Uh, let's just go right into the news now. Uh, we got to start off with some more sad news. Uh, Do it, Diego. Eric <laughs> Stanton died, and that is heartbreaking. Uh, right. I've, yeah, I mean that's. I mean, there's nothing else to say. It's just so sad, right? He, he was he was he was up there, 91 years old. Sorry, Hollywood. I was doing I was I was doing a Brett impression. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, uh, he was one of those great character actors who could just fit 
in anything because he was always like the relatable everyman. He imbued his personalities with a lot of heart and charisma, but not like a traditional movie star charisma. He was just Harry Dean Stanton, mm-hmm. and we loved him for it. Yeah, he was like a cool old grandpa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very much I so. I know a lot of people say it, but he was pretty much the definition of a that guy actor. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. Much. you would see him and suddenly be like, oh yeah, that guy. I love that guy. Because <laughs> I haven't met anyone who doesn't like Harry Dean Stanton. Like, they might not have a strong opinion on him, but no one hated the guy. No, no one rolled their eyes when he popped up in a movie. And went, oh, this guy. Well, no, you were always happy to see him. And yeah. we will continue to be happy seeing him. Uh, I don't want to spend too long on more sad stuff, but I had to bring that up because we haven't recorded in a month, and it's a big gloss, and we'll miss him dearly. But on to uh, more movie news stuff. This is the big one, the biggest of the biggest, the gigantic, literally a billion-dollar story. Mm-hmm. All Avatar sequels are in production at once, Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5. Uh, and they're, they're they're buckling down james cameron's doing what james cameron does because he's james cameron i'm gonna toss this story over to you first matt and then we'll go gene nick and me matt what are your thoughts on the avatar sequels give it all give it all to me now just give it just give it to me i revisited avatar last month had a, having not seen it since it first came out on blu-ray uh, i watched the uh, extended cut and i fell in love all over again I mean, I was a big fan of this when it came out in theaters, and then I spent the next, you know, almost 10 years trashing the thing because, you know, (laughs) I hadn't seen it, and I had, like, soured on it, and I was like, oh, it's really stupid. Yeah, sure, it's really stupid, but it's also super entertaining, and the spectacle on display is terrific. I have so much fun with this. Um, I tweeted about this, but Sigourney Weaver yelling for her cigarette, that's my aesthetic. (laughs) <laughs> like, like she is my hero in this movie. Uh, and then it turns out that that wasn't even a real cigarette. So I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah, she, those weren't real cigarettes. She smoked, like, CGI cigarettes in that movie. Wow. wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, because, you know, James Cameron is fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, I can curse on this show? Yeah. Oh, fuck no, you. Oh, yeah, go, go right on ahead. Oh, terrific. But, yeah, so give me all the Avatar. Like, I just, let me live in this world. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I love it. All right, Gene, thoughts? Uh, yeah, I know James Cameron is, uh, you know, he's a, you know, he's a crazy guy, but crazy guy I trust enough. Um, you know, I haven't really, I don't know when was the last time I saw Avatar um, what, since it came out, maybe like a year after. But, um, you know, uh, if he if he's going to go, you know, if this is the movie he's going to go out on, because it'll probably take him to now <laughs> to the rest of his life, uh Sure, why not? Uh, Nick. That's a, that's a big, it's a big budget. It, I mean, it's a, it's a big ordeal to take on. It's all it's the money. Bad, yeah, it's all of the money in Hollywood that's basically going towards <laughs> these movies. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't. Uh, I personally think that Avatar 1 kind of said everything that it needed to kind of say. I think it would, would have been good as just like a standalone movie. He doesn't need to make sequels everything else. Uh, to hear that he's going to make them one after another, that's going <laughs> to that's going to be intense. That's mm-hmm. hey, if he if he thinks he can do it, I I trust him. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like it's it's James Cameron. He's I never mean, let me down. He's, he's never he's, let he's me not, down. The only thing I'm disappointed about is that he's not doing Aquaman. That's the only thing I'm disappointed <laughs> about. 
<laughs> That's your one entourage reference for like the year. Um, <laughs> ten year old, ten year old entourage references. Yeah, Jesus, Nick. Um, no, but like Aquaman's, I, I, I think, Aquaman's coming along nicely, by the way. Yes, thank God. Yeah. Uh, I love James Wan. I'm very excited for that movie. But for these, have, I'm, I'm kind I have of an inside man on that movie. Ooh. Oh, oh, really? Oh. I think no. we. I think I know who it is. Yes, I you do. I, okay, I don't want to say anything. I don't get one. <laughs> we'll talk later off the air. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's also a cast photo that on the video portion of this video uh, episode, I'm going to post up the, the cast photo that they shared of the young kids. And, you know, all James Cameron sequels have to have a, a young little kid. kid, little kid in the role. Mm-hmm. It has to be about, like, legacy and family and honor. About and six newts. Yeah, they're going to have six <laughs> fucking newts. So, like, someone like me who has mixed feelings on a character like Newt, uh, I'm mm-hmm. intrigued. I'll, I'll put it that way. But <laughs> you know what? Uh Avatar costs like what five hundred million dollars, right? And all these yeah. sequels are going to be two hundred fifty million dollars each. So, I mean, technology is clearly advanced in such a huge way since James Cameron invented technology for the first yeah. Avatar. <laughs> yeah. So he invented some more, and um, you know, yeah, I'm not in love with the first Avatar, but I'm willing to rewatch it with a more open mind because if we're going to rag on movies that maybe aren't the greatest, one, I don't think that's a productive way of spending time, anyways. But two. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Avatar is such a huge, passionate endeavor. And well, so it made all the money. It made all the money. And yeah. I, I can't help but not look forward to a movie where James Cameron or a series of movies where James Cameron's just like, I want to do everything possible. <laughs> I, I want to explore the, the oceans. I want to explore other moons around Pandora. I want to I want to create newer technology. Fuck it. Well, that's I'm what he's little... doing. He's doing he's inventing that like uh, the glasses free 3D. Yeah, and he's like, planning on he's like? planning on retrofitting like thousands of theaters in the U.S. to like project glasses free 3D. Which, yes, oh. give it to me. <laughs> Jeez. Give me all the technology, James. Please. <laughs> I think that'll be very. It's gonna be very cool. I just don't know if the buzz is left for Avatar. If whether or not people are still excited to see an Avatar movie. Right now, I don't think so. But then when the trailers drop, and it's like the yeah. director of Aliens, Terminator, and Terminator, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that's right, James Cameron." Because no, when, the, when the, yeah. the Avatar originally came out, there really wasn't much buzz for it. It was yeah, basically like, true. "Oh hey, there's yeah, this 3D movie coming out," and everyone laughed and they saw the trailer. They're like, "Oh, blue people, that's funny." Mm-hmm. Smurfs. And then literally <laughs> everyone on Earth saw it four times. I think I think I think what's really going to get people in the movie theater is if that technology really works. If it works yeah, the exactly. way that he's that he's saying, I think that's what's going to put people inside of the inside the inside the seats. Yeah, they want to experience that. Yeah, not necessarily the movie itself, but definitely that's the main reason. Yeah. And then everything's going to be gorgeous and stunning, and it's going to blow oh away God, all IMAX wait. 3D screens. And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. But uh, moving on to the next story, keeping it in the James Cameron wheelhouse, so to speak, Terminator 6 is happening, or is it going to be Terminator 3 again? Because um, uh, Terminator 6 is kind of just going to forget that the other Terminator sequels happen, including Terminator Genesis. Gen- Jenny- Genesis? Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis. Um, and here's a fun little tidbit. I was talking to Gene about it earlier today when I ran into him. Uh, the original idea for Aliens 2 or Alien 5, whatever Neil Blomkamp's film was going to be, yeah. would have done this thing where the Alien sequels after Aliens would have been a quote-unquote bad dream Ripley had on the way back to Earth. And so it's very funny, I will say, to hear uh, 
that everything post T2 will be referred to as a quote unquote bad dream. And I'm kind of feeling like maybe James Cameron, James Cameron, his way into the aliens script Neil Blomkamp had and just kind of pulled bits and pieces and brought him over to Terminator six with Deadpool director, Tim Miller at the helm and Linda Hamilton. I have mixed mixed feelings about that, but yes, Linda Hamilton is back. Arnold Schwarzenegger's back. It will carry on the legacy of the Terminator series and introduce a new possible trilogy uh, for the new series, but it's clear that they want to do one good, solid movie first before filming sequels back-to-back or anything like that. So, Gene, you're a big Terminator fan like I am. What are your thoughts on this story? Uh, You know, uh, I really don't mind that they're going to retcon it, uh, Genesis, and was it Salvation? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. even though the technology in Salvation did not make sense that it was that advanced. You know, um, then the other films, um, yeah, just let him do what he wants. Um, <laughs> he has, like, a lot better idea of how to do it than, like, Alan Taylor or uh, Mick G or someone, uh, you know, Tim Miller. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, it'd be also uh, interesting to see uh, Sarah Connor again because, uh, uh, you know, uh, she did have – was it she had cancer? Yeah, Terminator Three is dumb. <laughs> oh, okay, Terminator Three is done. Okay, so yeah, uh, we will, you know, be cool to see, you know, her storyline because she didn't have any storylines in Terminator Three. Yeah, yeah, she died off camera. Oh, yeah. so, so dumb. Uh, did she have like, she a return to her planet? Nope. No. It didn't. Okay. I think she dies of like cancer off screen. Yeah, leukemia. Like that. Yeah, there it is. Oh. Yes, uh, Nick, your thoughts on the story. Uh, you know what? I think uh, Terminator hasn't really been good since Terminator 2, so that's been a while. Years. Yeah, and uh, Genesis was a good – it was a good idea, bad execution. What the fuck? I keep hearing people say that. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll save my turn. No, no, no. no, no, no. Oh, just no, wait till you get that. to me. No, 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 no. Oh, here's here's the reason why I say it was, it was an int- – it's an interesting – okay, not good idea, interesting idea. Where it was, okay, so we're going to go back in time and just go, you know what? We're going to kill Sarah Connor when she's a kid. Fuck it. And then have, uh, and then have a Terminator, and then have a T one T one thousand come back and then take care of her, and then that kind of changes the T eight hundred. Yeah, T eight hundred. My bad. Yeah, yeah. And you have T eight hundred, T one thousand. Anyway, T eight hundred come back and then pretty much raise Sarah Connor, and she becomes a badass even earlier than you know projected, and it kind of changes the the entire thing. So it was it was a sequel, also a reboot at the same time, but it just wasn't interesting. That was it. It just was not interesting it, it dropped and it got boring really quick mm-hmm. hopefully this movie doesn't do the same thing yeah hopefully not uh <laughs> matt your thoughts i'm all on board with this whole terminator 6 thing uh i would love to see linda hamilton back uh i like that cameron seems to be putting a more of a, like a hands-on approach to this like he might be just more than an executive producer like a name in the credits like he seems to actually care about this. I mean, I saw an interview leading up to the 3D re-release of T2 and he was talking about this and you could see the passion behind his eyes. Like, yeah, I would like to revisit this again. Um, the Terminator, the Terminator sequels, sequels after Terminator 2, they're fine, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. 3 is just dumb fun and I like the middle finger of an ending. Salvation, I don't like to speak of salvation. And... <laughs> 
And I don't know, Genesis is a movie that I'll just put on when I need background noise. And cool. it's just it's a, just a decent time. And I'm a sucker for the, uh, the father-daughter dynamic in Terminator Genesis. I really, really like that because I think Arnold really yeah. sold it yeah. uh, in that movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. Just give me more robots killing people. I'm fine with this. <laughs> You know, I will say that there are totally interesting ideas in in uh, Genesis because I was I live tweeted it when I saw it because it was like a nine nine cent rental on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, I, I went came out. I went opening weekend. Oh, oh, yeah, God. same. I'm yeah, so same. sorry, but um, and I bought it. Oh, oh no! <laughs> you buy it after you Why? know how bad. Oh my! My shelf has every Terminator, uh, okay, including the complete. both seasons of uh, Sarah Connor. Oh, see, that's a good Sarah Connor Chronicles was awesome. It's dope. That that's where the, the series should have gone, and then Salvation came out and like nixed the series uh, as yeah. well as low ratings. Uh, I like ideas in Salvation as well. Like I would have liked to have seen a, a series of movies about the the struggle and the war, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. that movie's not great. It's the right idea, right right direction. I think wrong. The show wrong is director. great. Though. Yeah, yeah. The, the show is so good. Come on, you got um, Cersei Lannister just fucking shit up. She's awesome. Oh, she's so good. And then the score by Bear McCreary. Yeah, it's, it's great. Like this weird remix of the original thing. Ah, uh, Terminator, Sarah Connor. Great, show, great. great. Yeah, yeah, just great all around. Um, I don't know how I feel about this, this series of reboots that toss out sequels. Um, yeah. It feels like nasty. I didn't like it when X Men did it, mm-hmm. and because uh, it feels like they're just saying, like, "Oh, all this stuff, all this time you spent over here doesn't matter." Like comics do it too, but comics, like. That's stupid there, too. So I don't know why they're doing it for $100 million franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I don't like the other movies, I mean, they have fans. Like, you're telling them to go fuck themselves? I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it. But I like James Cameron caring because the rights are reverting back to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the, the bright spot in Genesis. So yeah, he carried that movie. Yeah, I love old man Arnold. So more of that, please. I have a question. And, uh, yes. Did any of you get to see T2 in 3D? No. Uh, no, I did not. Was oh, it, my was God, it? you missed out. Damn. One uh, of the best post-conversions I've seen. Wow. Like, he did, like, he did mm-hmm. crazy work, especially with the T-1000, like, when it yeah. oozes through the helicopter. Yeah. It it oozed into the audience. It was awesome. Oh. Was it as good yeah, as uh, Jurassic Park 3D? Because that was pretty good. It was yeah, good. Jurassic I mean, Park looked really nice. that's a good post-conversion, and... When I saw Titanic in 3D, that blew me away too. That's probably that's probably that is probably the best post post conversion 3D I've ever seen. Oh, fucking James Cameron, he, he yeah. does, that kid's going places. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna go far in this business. Yeah. Uh, speaking of kids going far in the business, hmm. uh, Danny McBride and uh, David Gordon Green are rebooting Halloween with another reboot quill that kind of forgets a series of not great sequels mm-hmm. um it's a, it's a trend going around it, it's a trend and yeah. i don't i don't think i like it but they're bringing back laurie strode herself <clears throat> yeah um i was gonna toss this to nick because we're big halloween fans john carpenter fans what are Absolutely. your thoughts on the halloween reboot i um okay 
the the past Halloween reboot I that came out with that Rob Zombie had done uh, was not a huge fan. I really did not like it. Uh, I was it actually kind of frustrated me because I I actually didn't really want to know too much about Michael Myers, and to he, and to hear about this reboot, I think that it might be a step in the right direction. Uh, and just give me some good suspenseful horror where you have an unstoppable killer who apparently walks at the speed of light. And that's it. That's all I want from a Halloween movie. <laughs> okay. Matt. Okay. Halloween is one of my favorite franchises. I mean, the, the first two are great. Three is amazing. It's probably one of the best horror films of the eighties. Um, absolutely. I, and I'll, I'll say it. I even like four five and six. I like the Donald Pleasant's uh, Dr. Loomis arc that he goes through where he goes. Yeah. From, like, he goes from very concerned to batshit crazy to feeble old man. And within the span of three movies, and I, I dig that. Um, the Laurie Strode trilogy is great, though. I mean, you got one, two, and you got H two O. We don't speak of uh, Resurrection, uh, <laughs> which about that movie yesterday. is terrible. And I like the Rob Zombie ones. Uh, really, but you're calling this Halloween a reboot when apparently it is a sequel. Um, if you talk to Malik Akkad. The, the okay, producer, uh-huh. he refers to it as it's a sequel. It's the 11th film in the franchise. So I don't know uh-huh. what he's talking about. Um, from what I've read and what I know, this is going to pick up after H2O. So they're going to include the Laurie Strode trilogy. Okay. Just get rid of that terrible first 10 minutes of resurrection that never happened. That's horrible. Didn't happen. Okay. That's bad. Resurrection yeah. is one of those sequels where it's just like what do you you let that out resurrection is one of those sequels that just destroys any goodwill you had at the end of h2o we were like oh my god laurie strode you know she got she got Mm -hmm. back at michael like she got her revenge like this is great she defended everyone and then in the next movie she's in a loony bin and then they kill her off in five minutes spoilers for a really shitty movie folks sorry But yeah, no, I, I'm totally on board with this. Uh, it comes out next year. I love that Danny McBride is writing it. He's a huge horror nerd. Uh, it's the reason he was cast in Alien Covenant. Um, he just like, he professed his love for horror to Ridley Scott. And Scott's like, you know what? Yeah, you're pretty good. Be, be in my movie. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with this new Halloween. I mean, I'm excited to see what David Gordon Green can do with a horror movie. Because that'll be interesting. Have you guys yeah. seen Vice Principals? I've seen bits. I've seen a few episodes, yeah. and I really dug yeah, it. Yeah, same. I've seen a, an episode or so, and it's really good. It's a very yeah. funny show, but they mentioned two um, specific type of genre things they wanted to homage to that show. One of them was like a uh, a John Hughes movie with the the okay. high school stuff. The okay. other side of things is a Brian De Palma thriller. Yes, and when please. that show gets intense, it gets scary intense. The cliffhanger to season one is genuinely unsettling. I have and to check if, this out. I need to if finish. If they it. could do that with Halloween, I am super excited. Because another that's the same team. Another mm-hmm. thing that gets me super excited is John Carpenter's hands-on experience with this. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he and has. He wants he to has, do the score. He wants to do the score. He he has a very hands-on ex- like uh, yeah. role with this, kind of like James Cameron is going to have with mm-hmm. Terminator. Like Carpenter's yeah. coming back. He's uh, he's making strides, and he's been doing mm-hmm. some great stuff lately. He has to do that score. That would be amazing. Yeah, I think I tweeted out when I heard that. Like, uh, cannot when, wait when he, when John Carpenter does a movie score. Like an angel is born. Like <laughs> that guy is a maestro. Man. That guy, that guy's a legend. 
the uh, actual best. Yeah. Um, very different news, but uh, Annihilation, the follow-up film to director uh, Alex Garland's debut Ex Machina back in 2015. Annihilation just got a trailer with uh, Natalie Portman, Gina mm-hmm. Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson. It's like an all-star cast. Oscar Isaac. And, and Oscar Isaac returning, yes, again. Um, it looks like a very weird, different movie. Uh very different from Ex Machina. Gene. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Alex Garland's next project? I was very surprised it was not Alicia Vikandor and it was Natalie Portman because I saw that trailer. And uh, for like the whole uh, trailer, I thought it was Natalie Portman, or excuse me, Alicia Vikandor. But um, <laughs> sorry, that was my fault. Um, yeah, no, it, it looks uh, very interesting. It looks very hard sci-fi like stranger in a strange land or something and uh you know alex garland all you know he's done dread he's done like you know all these crazy sci-fi films i'll definitely give him the benefit of the doubt for another original film so you know i'm uh, i'm all on board yeah nick thoughts I think it's really good. Uh, I I love the feeling uh, that he gives you in, you know, like Dread and uh, Ex Machina and everything like that. Um, I feel like this is going to be much more of like a horror type thing where uh, it's kind of like them going through the forest and they're being hunted by a fucking creature and they don't know what the hell it is. They're trying to figure it out. And if they if he can give you that same, you know, at like that same suspenseful like feeling where like, you're you know, as an action scene is going on, your heart's beating. I think it's going to be a really good movie. And the cast is stunning. I'm really happy that Tess Tom- uh, Tessa Thompson is getting even more work than she already was. Yes, wanted. yes, please. She's going to blow up even bigger. Like, she's going to be one of the biggest movie stars on the planet soon. Mark my words. Uh, Matt, thoughts? This looks really good. I mean, I got a strong arrival vibe from the trailer just by the look of it. Um, I have a coworker, and uh, he read the book last year as soon as he heard that Alex Garland was doing this, and he keeps raving about this book. Uh, apparently it's the first in a trilogy of novels. So really? who knows what's mm. happening? Um, yeah, this looks really good. And I'm, I'm very much here for high profile actresses doing hard sci-fi, kind of like Amy Adams did Arrival. And now you have uh, Natalie Portman doing uh, Annihilation. Give it to me now, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, there's some really striking imagery in the trailer. Yes, those deers with like, flower antlers yeah like that looked about, cool i guess something about like nature is like literally popping up everywhere it's kind of like a reverse last of us where instead of like yeah, people okay. getting infected yeah. with a zombie thing it's like nature's infecting everything because yeah, at one point like plants growing out of someone's arm or something yeah, yeah was from, i don't know if you guys caught that in the trailer from what uh, i, no, I didn't from yeah. what i gather the story is like Earth is pretty much fucked up, but they find this like mythical Eden or something where okay. like nature still grows and it looks beautiful and it's only in this one place on Earth. So that's why they're investigating it. That's interesting. I mean, so, yeah, Alex I'm Garland, all about this. <laughs> I mean, Alex Garland, he's he's he does amazing shots and different stuff like that. So I can only imagine what he's planning on doing with a couple with like this like vegetation that's coming off of all these animals and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I'm uh I, I like Alex Garland. I'm I've kind of grown mixed on Ex Machina for whatever reason. Um, okay. My favorite thing is actually my favorite thing he's done is actually 28 Days Later. That's my favorite quote unquote yeah. zombie movie. 
And yeah. so I'm kind of hoping he can match like that ferocity. Okay. Obviously, very different movie with Annihilation, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it a whole lot. Uh, and we got a couple more news stories really quick. Cool. J.J. Abrams returns for Star Wars Episode Nine. This is kind of a big deal because they've had issues with directors. Yeah. Um, Here Matt, today, Gon Trevorrow. Matt, what are your thoughts on Abrams returning for episode nine? Sometimes the most obvious choice is right under your nose. Yeah. And they went with the obvious choice. I mean, obviously, hey, the executive saw Book of Henry. I hope uh, Colin Trevorrow didn't think that that was going to fly under the radar. Like, hey, I made this movie. Don't watch it. And, the, and Kennedy was like, yeah, sure, I won't watch it. And then she rents it, and she's like, oh, yeah, we need Fire to talk. Him. We need to talk now. Uh, call, call JJ. See what he's doing. And But I like that JJ Abrams got to you know reintroduce Star Wars, and then he gets to close out the trilogy that he began. I mean, yeah. he's... Like I said, the most obvious choice is right under your nose. I mean, people were throwing other names out for like a week before he got announced. And I'm like, you know what? It's right there. It's going to happen. But yeah, good for him, man. He gets to finish out this trilogy. Uh, Gene. Yes. Thoughts. Yeah. um, You know, I would say um, it's, you know, people were like, uh, some people were a little bit surprised, but, you know, um, it's not. It's not unheard of uh, for a Star Wars director to uh, return um, because, you know, Lucas pretty much, you know, I mean, he came back for the prequels, but he uh, more or less directed Return of the Jedi. I think everyone would agree to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, more or less. So, you know, in a way, he kind of closed that out. Um, But, yeah, I'm, you know, I love J.J. Um, I I never got... Um, all the criticism of him for Force Awakens, where it's like, oh, they're doing the same thing over again, because there's a point to that. And yeah, he's a you know he's a very competent guy. Um, uh, would anyone like to have seen Lucas return though? No, no, <laughs> no. I, 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 I just thought that completely discarded Lucas though is a mistake. Yeah, not as a director. I just uh, I, I just want to know what I, everyone thought about to be, that. To be totally honest, I actually wouldn't mind it if they if he was a co-director. If okay. like he was on with JJ and like JJ was like was like helming it and like Lucas was helping him out. Oh my because god, Lucas, they're so they're so different. I can't even yeah. imagine what they would look like. But the thing is that but but Bastards Lucas has be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I actually think that if uh, maybe Dave Filoni, I was actually hoping that Dave Filoni was going to get it. That's so weird Ooh. to me. Who? Oh, the uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, Clone Wars. He, uh, so he, uh, okay, all right. Producer. Um, yeah. I, I think fair. that uh, Dave, I think Dave Filoni has done a lot for uh, Star Wars. Uh, he's really like expanded the universe, really shown you what exactly is going on during these uh, big saga films and stuff like that. But I mean, J.J. Abrams is an obvious choice, like you said. Yes. It's uh, it, also it's just good business sense. Yeah. Like, why are we gonna why are we gonna gamble with this with a new director that we don't know how it's gonna turn out when we have JJ Abrams? Yes, we <laughs> and, have JJ. We're friendly with JJ. Yeah, why don't we just go back to JJ? His movie made us a billion dollars. Let's go do that. It's the same thing. It's it's just makes sense. It's too easy. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just sometimes the obvious choice is the best choice, you know. Yeah, and right uh, there in front of you. <laughs> given the cards they've been dealt, I I can't blame them at all. And I happen to think The Force Awakens gets better with every viewing. I find yes, it does. New, new yeah. Little things, little nuances, which is shocking to say for someone who is like 
who thought J.J. Abrams was like a classier Michael Bay initially. Have Have you watched Force Awakens with J.J.'s uh, commentary? No, actually, oh, no. I haven't. Is that oh, just, boy. Is that on the 3D? It's on the 3D. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. Y'all Nick, we're need going to your listen. House. Y'all need to listen. So, uh, uh, it's great. It's a treasure trove. Like He's just like gushing about this universe the whole time, and you can tell he really cares about it. And mm-hmm. the little like tidbits he gives here and there are uh, lots of fun, too. Mm-hmm. Love that commentary. It's so much fun. The the thing is that I, I I know Kathleen Kennedy, the main thing that she was worried about is whether or not she was going to get along with the director and also like how exactly was he going to work in the universe. Yeah. And I think J.J. Abrams is a perfect pick for that because she already knows how he's going to work. And J.J. Abrams yeah. is really he's really good at knowing, OK, these are all the color. These are all the colors I can use and I can still color within the lines. He seems to be really good at getting along. Absolutely. <laughs> like he just seems like he's, he just wants to be your friend. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think he just enjoys the world, though. I think I, yeah. I think he understands. Like, okay, I I understand this is a property. And you're letting me kind of like do, and you're letting me play in this sandbox. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna kind of like, you know, I'm gonna do what you need me to do, but also I'm gonna give it a nice little spin for myself. Exactly. So, a nice one's fun. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. I he he has two go-to director of photographies. One of them is Dan Mandel, who shot Force Awakens, both his Star Trek movies. Mission Impossible 3, and uh, Force Awakens has a great look to it. The other guy he's teamed up with twice was Zack Snyder's guy, uh, Larry Fong. Super 8. Who creates super striking imagery, especially Mm -hmm. for blockbusters. He shot Kong Skull Island, a movie I'm mixed on, but it's very gorgeous. Who would you guys prefer uh, being his DP on Episode 9, Larry Fong or Dan Mandel? Uh, Larry Fong. Yeah. Give me Larry. Yeah, I really want that too. Yeah, I'm really excited just about that possibility in and of itself. Uh, last little bit of news story. It's a, it's kind of a stinker for me. Uh, die Hard Year One is a thing <sighs> that just won't die. Um, <laughs> like, like I'm, I don't, I don't like shitting on things just for the sake of shitting on them. But like, oh my god, could you guys misunderstand a property more than Die Hard Year One? You, die Hard Year One is. The first Die Hard. Is is Die Hard year one like the happy years of Bruce Willis and Bonnie Bedelia? (laughs) Like, what is that? Like, it's still it's it's still going down as that whole like he's like back and forth and like going back and forth. Yeah, the Godfather Part Two with John McClane. (laughs) (sighs) I don't understand it. I really don't understand how exactly you can misunderstand a property so much. Well, uh, well, Die Hard Five was already like a huge misunderstanding. Making he's him, on like, vacation. superhero. Oh he's my god, I kill myself. John John McClane is the he he's like the he's the standard hero. You know, he's the everyday guy. He's not supposed Ugh. to be fucking Superman. But he's on vacation. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on vacation. Yeah, we get it. Oh my god, you're on vacation. Uh, yeah, that's, that's you know what that would have been funny if he was legitimately on vacation and he he comes across a terrorist plot. Mm-hmm. That's a funny that setup for a Die Hard movie. Yeah, why just not repeatedly. Die Hard in Hawaii. Why not? Yeah, yeah. That way he can he can relax on the fucking sand and maybe you chill out more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so stupid. I, um, I I don't know. I hate uh, they, Die Hard Five. Oh yeah. Trust me. Yeah, I think they haven't made a good Die Hard movie since uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Oh well, yeah, that was on the fourth one. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I that's like that the, movie. Yeah, Vengeance is my favorite though. Vengeance has to be my favorite. Uh, it would be if not for the last 20 <laughs> minutes, maybe. The last 20 minutes are they, they just dropped the ball so hard. Uh, okay. Simon says ending. Oh, that's even worse. 
Is that the rocket launcher uh, under the table? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's that's a that almost like happened. A also, they would both die. He's not. <laughs> they would um, also both die. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think just by our reaction, we, we're all in agreement. We don't even want to talk about it. Like, this is an awful idea, even though it's bringing back Bruce Willis officially. This is... Mm-hmm. For, like, what, like a bookend? Uh, aren't, we getting, it, aren't we getting a Die Hard 5 in December anyway? Uh, oh, for... Uh, hey, is that for uh, Death Wish? Yeah, isn't that Die Hard oh, 5? Fuck that, too. That's that looks like a Die Hard movie. Like John McClane's kid got killed, and now I mean, he's gonna go about, on revenge. Talk about tone deaf. Like in today's society, we're like, oh my god, I can't even imagine who thought that movie was a good idea. Eli Roth the, did. the gun violence we have. Eli Roth did. Can <laughs> Eli Roth man. Give me like, two whatever. Fix Eli Roth again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like whatever. Just make exploitation flicks, like in mid two thousands. Do more hostile give, stuff. Don't give, give me, me Thanksgiving. Yeah. Don't give me this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is oh, Bruce Willis. What happened? I mean, I'll see it. It's a Bruce Willis action movie, but I mean, I'm not really looking forward to it. I don't know yeah. because I kind of feel like even Bruce Willis doesn't want to be there in a lot of his movies. No, of so why would I want to be there? Why do I want? Well, why do I want? Why, why, why do I want to watch him not want to be there? Because I have movie pass and I got to make use of it. That's a fair point. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the last news story for, for the day. Uh, but we got a couple more little topics to go over that are kind of fun. Uh, the next one up is favorite Tom Cruise movie. We're going to go around with a recommendation of sorts. What Tom Cruise movie is your favorite? Why do you like it? And why you think other people should see it? Uh, Gene, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? Okay. Um, wait, give me one second because I was I was uh, still choosing. So should I should I just go? Yeah, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, my man. my favorite Tom Cruise movie is Collateral because okay. Tom Cruise plays against type there. He, mm-hmm. He's done it a couple times, mostly with Doug Liman, where uh, he's like subverts your expectations of what a Tom Cruise performance is and could be. But in Collateral, he's a completely amoral figure, just just a guy dealing out hits because he doesn't care about anything he has no real place in the world he just has his own little little thing going on but he still has this like ephemeral sort of cool you kind of respect him because he doesn't care about anything but at the same time it's like oh yeah you're a murderer (laughs) you're you're a bad guy and you're threatening jamie fox and that's that's the problem for us (laughs) that's an issue in in the movie this is an issue issue. (laughs) yeah and uh, their meet cute ends with uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> throwing a dude on his cab. So you know it's kind of a kind of a big deal. But I think that that's a really powerful performance. And Collateral is is an incredible movie, and mm-hmm. one of the best looking movies about Los Angeles that actually looks like Los Angeles at night. So that's my recommendation. Are you ready now, Gene? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for waiting. Uh, I'll go with Eyes Wide Shut. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, that one, you know, that's a really good Tom Cruise film because it's, you know, Stanley Kubrick's last film, but like, it's really a snapshot of kind of like his life, like before he kind of like sort of went off the deep end. Uh, cause you know, with, uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, it's, you know, it seems very, um, even though it's written that way, it seems very, uh, evident of their like relationship. Um, probably at the time and you know he's not really in too many drama films and you know he makes 
use of uh you know make they make use of him like very well in this one um you know where he's this leading man but you know pretty much the whole movie is just like uh, a secret society like fucking with him so you know it's it's not it's not like any other tom cruise movie so that's why i would recommend it i would agree with that matt do you want to just jump off that if that was your choice it was my oh, choice sorry. <laughs> oh i'm sorry <laughs> Here, go ahead it's my favorite tom cruise it's my favorite kubrick um okay. I love that it's just this like really harsh dissection of marriage and how you have that back and forth uh, with your spouse. I love that. I love that it's a macho story from his point of view, but he's so weak mm-hmm. in in the face of everyone. Like, I don't know if, if you've seen it, you've noticed that in almost every scene, he has to remind people that he's a doctor. Like, oh, yeah. he keeps pointing out the he's card constantly card. reassuring himself. He's like, I'm a doctor. I'm an important person. I'm a doctor. How are you? I'm a doctor. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I just love it. I love the look of it. I love him in it. I think this is probably his best performance next to, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, Magnolia. He's really good in that, too. But, yeah, it's eyes wide shut for me. I mean, it, like, like he said, it's, it's, a, it's basically a snapshot of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, well said. Uh, I think it is also my favorite Kubrick. Uh-huh. I, that, nice. I, it's, yeah, it's really different from his other stuff, too. Nick, favorite yes. Tom Cruise movie? Uh, I don't also, I saw it shut. But not for the reasons why you guys like it. Um, uh, I would have to go with Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. I really enjoy oh, Hell yeah. I really enjoy Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, also, it was a it was a it was a nice change of pace, especially since uh, for a little while there there was a bit of Tom Cruise like fatigue with Oblivion, Jack Reacher, Rock of Ages, mm-hmm. different stuff like that. Like he had been in a couple of not so great movies, and then to see him in Edge of Tomorrow and just back to formula, you know, being yeah. Tom being the Tom Cruise that we really enjoy is one hell of a great uh, thing to see. Not only that, but also I just really enjoyed Edge of Tomorrow. It's a great movie, uh, or Live Die Repeat. Whichever fucking time. Oh, no. We don't talk about that. <laughs> I like Edge of Tomorrow better. I know some, some people don't, but I think once that's a, a movie, way title. Once a movie's out in theaters, you can't change the title. It's done. Yeah, it, it doesn't right. make any sense changing the it's title. It's been made. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, people are just going to be confused and then go like, hey, whatever happened to that Edge of Tomorrow movie? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it well, didn't this, exist. Yeah. I think it's okay to change the title of the sequel, though, for Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat, even though that's an awful title. That's a um, terrible fucking name. It's, a, it's an awful title. But, oh, you know, God, if you're going to call yeah. it a sequel to that, that, okay, sure, whatever. But the first one's Edge of Tomorrow. Just just keep calling it that. It's a good title, guys. All you need is kill. No, but the thing is that all you needed to do is, instead of calling it Edge of Tomorrow, just call it the Edge of Today. Oh. Or Edge of Yesterday, because I guess yeah. it's a prequel sequel, because there's going to yeah. be more time travel stuff. Yeah, like all you gotta do is just go like either Edge of Today or Edge of to- uh, Edge of Yesterday, something like that. Look at that. Two fucking better titles. <laughs> Edge of in like the day seconds. before the day after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, well, but, this was an honor of uh, Doug Lyman and Tom Cruise reteaming for American Made, a movie that came out this past weekend. So very good choice, Nick. And uh, did any of you guys watch American Made by any chance? Not yet. Nah, I haven't seen it yet. All right. So Gene and I are the only ones. Yeah. I, just know how to, I just know how to read show notes. That's why. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm still surprised you can read, but I'm very happy that you're here. Uh, no, American Made was was pretty good, and I would heartily recommend it. And I don't want to say too much about it. Check out my written review at audienceseverywhere.net. Uh, and now we're introducing another new segment called Second Take, where we talk about uh, maybe a, a news story that is a little more quote-unquote real 
than uh, casual movie news fans might be used to. Just I think it's important to talk about stuff like this. So uh, Jeepers Creepers 3 is coming out soon, or it came out. I don't really care. Uh, mm. Director Victor Salva was yeah, allowed out. to continue make continue to make movies. He made three Jeepers Creepers movies uh, after molesting a child on and the videotaping set of, it and videotaping Jeez. it on the set of one of his films. And so I'm I'm questioning why the fuck he's even allowed on a movie set. The question was why are we letting Victor Salva make movies, but why is he even allowed within like miles? of the film industry. Mm-hmm. Like how, how does that happen? You know, if anyone does that in any of the career, they're not allowed back into that career because those are the grounds on which they committed the crime, especially yeah. one as, as awful and disgusting as that. Like he served like a, what, a 15 month prison sentence. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. At, at minimum, that's like, that should have been 15 years. Why was it only 15 months? And then he goes and makes a movie for Disney like five years later. I, I don't understand this, and I'm, I'm really disgusted by it. And I'm going to actually implore people not to go watch Jeepers Creepers 3. Don't pay to see it. I don't condone streaming, but if you have to watch it, I would I would feel more comfortable with someone illegally streaming Stealing it. Than, it. <laughs> yeah, don't give this guy money. Don't Who like uh, that shit. Yeah, don't yeah. don't allow this to continue happening. You know, I, I, I think illegally streaming movies is a whole other subject on its own, but don't give it to someone like this don't don't support work from someone as awful as that and i just felt the need to talk about that because this really pissed me off that this is still a thing that's happening yes <laughs> no, hey, i mean it, it's uh it's a really shitty thing for uh it's a, it's a really shitty thing for things that happen like that and everything else uh why exactly he was welcomed back to the movie industry i'm not entirely too sure uh yeah you know it's i don't know like i mean for that guy it's like jesus it's like pretty pretty terrible then you know it's like up there with like roman Polanski. um but yeah you know it's just um you know it's really disappointing to see those um it's also you know it, it's getting released but then you know the marketing also bothers me uh you know like the, it's been reviewed where people don't mention his name or you know, everyone seems very complacent with it, and it's, like, really creepy. You know, it's creeping everyone out, you know? Oh, yeah, and then there's also apparently uh, IGN quoted this in their review where there's a there's a quote-unquote joke in the movie about um, a child predator joke oh, in the movie, and it's like... Write oh, what you know. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a disgusting situation. Like, what a sack, sack of garbage. Yeah. So if anyone sees Victor Salva, please punch him in the face for me. Punch him right in the balls. Punch him right uh, in the under, under, right <laughs> in the under bags. Yes, right please. Under bags, um, Commit absolutely. assault for me. Commit assault because Diego's not good. <laughs> no, because I don't, I don't know where he is. If I run it's into him, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll drop him. But oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, that's just something I, I, I thought we needed to, to bring up because it's, it's just yeah. heinous. And, and nonsense, and we should be better than that. So, well, my take go, my, go support a different movie. My take on it: the reason he's still allowed to make movies is because, let's face it, horror is looked at as a lesser genre, and yeah. studios really don't give a, a shit who's making it. So, whatever they let him just do whatever the hell he wants. It's horror; it doesn't yeah. matter. People are going to laugh at it, but they shouldn't be because this guy's a uh, giant sack of poop. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Like, 
even though people are mixed on something like the Alien prequels, I'm I'm very glad they exist because Ridley Scott brings a, a prestige name to the horror genre. Like it's broad horror, and it might not be strictly yeah. defined as such. But you know, like I think it's the most emotionally impactful genre because few genres outside of horror can understand something like grief and trauma, yeah, as well as you know, it's horror. And so I think that's important to support. So go support a good horror movie. Go. Su- There's a lot this year. Go support Get Out. Go support yeah. Alien Covenant. Go support uh, The Witch from last year, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, fine. it was great. You yeah, know? go watch It. It was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's our heavy subject for the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <We'll do it. laughs> this is a heavier episode. I'm sorry, guys. That was not nice. I'm having sorry a the world is shitty. Uh, but you know what's not shitty, apparently? The new Blade Runner movie. Mm. Couple more days. I know. Uh, a bunch of people have seen it already, and they're awful because they're not me. But uh, we're <laughs> introducing another new segment, our last new segment for the for the day, I promise, uh, where we just basically fancast something. You know, fancasting is not a, a constructive form of criticism or anything like that, but you know what? Everyone likes doing it. It's fun. Who's going to be the new Spider-Man? Who's going to direct Star Wars 25? So, <laughs> Matt, we brought you on here today for a very yes. special episode of fan casting for the new Blade Runner movie. Oh, boy. Because if this movie makes a lot of money, they're going to keep making Blade Runner movies. Probably at a lower budget because, honestly, I think they're kind of insane to give someone $150 million for a sequel to a cult classic. But oh. that's just me. Um, but if you could choose... Who directed the new Blade Runner? Who would you cast? Okay. Who does photography? And who does the music? Okay. Hmm. Oh, you're asking me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, for director, I want Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, fuck yes. Ooh, good choice. I think, I think he would uh, do a terrific job in this universe. Uh, for DP, let's go with Jeff Cronin with, the guy who works with Fincher all the time. Oh, I'd love to see that crisp look of his in the uh, in the Blade Runner universe. Uh, for actor, you might laugh, but Kyle McLaughlin. No, playing, I'm not laughing. Playing any role, uh, he could be the good guy. He could be the villain. Because I mean, if you've seen the last season of Twin Peaks, you know he can play both rather mm-hmm. well. And uh, for music, um, I'm going to go with the guy who did uh, the classic. You got to go with Vangelis. Oh. They got to dump like a bunch of money in front of his house, but I would I would be happy with that. I mean, if he's gonna work on like Wu Tang albums, <laughs> he'll he'll do this. Is it, is that what he's doing? He produced uh, the Jizz's latest album. Yeah. Oh wow. Or he like did instruments for it or something oh. like that. I just remember seeing the Jizz like tweeting out photos of him in Van Gallus's studio. This uh, might be kind of like expect- a weird a weird choice, but I would actually like to see like Daft Punk. Do Blade Runner? Okay, yeah. That would be pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think they, they'd be a good fit for their electronica type sound. They're kind of like the more populist evangelists, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, the soundtrack for, uh, what was it, Tron Legacy was pretty good. It's so oh, good. Amazing. It's so good. It was absurd. I rewatched that movie uh, recently, and I was just like, oh, my God. It's we pretty like, great. <laughs> we, we slept on this? Like, yeah. we thought it was okay just visually, but oh my god, that is, that's a movie, man. That's a movie you pay IMAX money to see. 
but uh, enough of that. Um, Matt, we're going to start wrapping up the show soon. Cool. So what we do to close out the show every week, or every month, rather, uh, is we go over quick movie reviews. You review something in under a minute that you've seen recently. I watched Kingsman 2, so I'll open that up. Then Gene's going to review it. Mm-hmm. Then Matt, we're going to toss it to you. And then Nick, you go ahead and close us out, all right? Sounds good. Okay. Kingsman 2. I am a huge fan of the first Kingsman. I'm dodging trash cans currently and tomatoes. <laughs> but um, I think it is the closest we're going to get to a modern Paul Verhoeven-style uh, jet black comedy blockbuster. And I, I was consistently entertained with every rewatch of it. And I totally get the issues people have with it, specifically the ending, which uh, critic Mark Kermode calls a bum note. Oh. Which is... Perfectly fitting. <laughs> Kingsman 2 is atrocious and lazy, and I cannot believe that the same team created the same movie. If you didn't like the first Kingsman, I need you just to stay away. You're going to hate this. I can't imagine anybody liking this that didn't like the first one. Um, it feels like everything that people thought they liked about the first one was a lie. Mm-hmm. And that Matthew Vaughn kind of wrote himself into a lot of corners. And I, I, don't, I don't understand what happened. I have no idea the audience this is for. It feels completely misguided. Character choices feel not thought out. Set pieces are kind of fun, but they're a little too light. Um, the supporting cast has introduced, which is amazing, uh, don't have anything to do, really, the villain and, and plot motivations are, are too nonsensical. Uh, there's a good idea about the war on drugs and how it's kind of like this weird circular violence that kind of tosses everyone in the middle into a meat grinder. Mm-hmm. But there's just an idea and doesn't really go anywhere. Um, if they're do a third Kingsman, which they probably will, I'll be there because I want to see how, how they could rectify this. But this was... The biggest disappointment of the year for me, and I actually kind of hated it. And yeah. I, I, I can't believe that I walked away feeling that way. That was very, yeah. I'm sorry you went with yeah. that. <sighs> it happens, it happens. I don't know. It just, yeah. I, don't know. I, I thought Kongskull Island was going to be, I thought Kongskull Island was going to be my big disappointment of the year, but I was like, oof. Yeah. I was, I was wrong. Wrong. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Um, so I'll take over for it, I guess. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. You know. Jeez. Uh... <laughs> um. Yeah. So, loved. I loved it. Um. Uh, you know, it was. Uh, you know. Uh. You know. I don't. I don't see it as a horror film. Like it's. You know. I like it more as like kind of like uh like a coming of age film. I feel like it was more. Strong as, stronger as, um, you know, I mean, the horror elements were good, but, you know, you see all the kids interact and, you know, g- kind of uh, grow up and get through adulthood, which, you know, is the theme of the novel. And, um, you know, it was just, you know, it was so great. Um, it was like, you know, uh, kind of like Stranger Things, you know, Stranger Things is kind of based on it. Um, but, yeah, very excited for it part two. I hope they cast Amy Adams as, uh, what's her face? So, As Be- Beverly, Be- yeah, needs to happen. Odds are okay. they're gonna. Odds are they'll cast Chastain because she's friends oh. with the director. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna they, say, did, like, they did Mama together, so you have that connection. Yeah, I, you have the friendship. But I want unknowns. That's what I want. I want all people unknowns. I, people I don't know. Actually, you know what? Good luck. I feel like uh, 
uh, a movie this big just logistically i don't i don't think they're going to get unknowns maybe for for some of the the actors or characters but a character like bev after she's she's yeah. almost kind of positioned into the leader role of the group at times in this yeah, in this yeah. so i could see Chastain doing that um yeah, but then a character like uh, uh ben and bill i feel like because of how they who they grow up to be and the, the careers that they take on rather i could see them getting big names and that would like fit for that you know not just because yeah. like oh you want to see star power but like the personas that they carry into right. adulthood no, I, think I, yeah. I think chapter two is gonna have star power because this movie's making a lot of money so they'll probably increase the budget even for part two for cool. chapter two. Oh yeah, yeah totally. most likely uh, I want to see the the turtle, and that's all I'll say about that. For people who don't know what that is, ha ah, yes, go ahead and yes, look please. it up. The oh, it is more turtle King turtle turtle power. Just, just prepare yourself. Just type that into Google. Just, that. just prepare yourself. Turtle, it turtle? Is fucking wild. Stephen King did a lot of cocaine in the eighties, apparently. Matt, yep. what did you see recently, and what did you think of it? Oh boy, I saw the void. Uh, finally, oh. uh, it's from uh, these two guys. They started out with Astron 6 up in Canada, Canada. Uh, Jeremy Gillespie, uh, Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. Um, big fans of Astron 6. Uh, they're a lot of fun. They did the editor from a few years ago, which was a great uh, Giallo uh, tribute. Uh, they also did Manborg for about 400 bucks that they put out a few years ago. These guys rock, and this movie is basically if you take equal parts of The Thing and Hellraiser 2 and Carpenter's Prince of Darkness – and just put it in a blender, and then once you pour it into your cup and try to chug it, you can't because it's the void. Uh, <laughs> this movie is super gross throughout the entire time. I haven't had a look of disgust on my face like this in in a few few years watching a movie. Uh, it's disgusting. It's the story of like a bunch of people in a basically a rundown hospital, and a cult is after them. That's oh. that's all I'll say. Uh, it's super fun. Even better, it's only ninety minutes long. So it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, performances are good. Um, it has, uh, I don't know the actress's name, but she was in Scott Pilgrim and that new show Glow. She played Knives Chow in Scott Pilgrim and I love her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love the void. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. Definitely check it out. Uh, unlike most Netflix horror movies, movies that are on Netflix, uh, it's not bad. It's actually very good. Oh, good. Because, yeah, that's a thing. Because <laughs> uh, they have a very dire horror selection. Uh, but this is the cream of the crop. Oh boy. Sweet. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Nick, close us the fuck out. <laughs> um, I, I just watched uh, a new movie that just got on Netflix. It was called Gerald's Game. The, oh, yeah. Uh, also yeah. The Stephen King. No spoilers, yeah. please. <laughs> no, 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 no spoilers at all. Um, I, if you're a fan of Stephen King, I definitely recommend watching mm-hmm. it, uh, seeing your own interpretation of how exactly you enjoy the movie. I did think at a certain point, uh, it went a little too Stephen King, if that makes sense. I know sense. what you mean. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. no, that makes sense. It, it it goes a little too Stephen King at a certain at a certain point in the movie. In the in third reach. act. Yeah. Just like Stephen King books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love it. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. In the third act, it absolutely does like an absolute like a total Stephen King turn, and you're just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> either you're on board or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Either either you're on board or you're not. But I, I definitely definitely recommend going to watch it. Make your own opinion about it. Uh, Mike Flanagan, uh, the guy from Oculus, hell yeah, uh, did it. Uh, he, I mean, it's shot beautifully and it's done really well. Uh, I definitely recommend it. All right. I Thanks. love Flanagan, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. 
I don't think I've seen a single one of his movies. Oculus. <laughs> uh, have you seen Hush? No, I haven't seen Hush. He's been on my oh, list. Oh man, while. it's on Netflix. Yeah. All right, yeah. I, you know what? I think they're all on Netflix, huh? I was saying he did that really awesome Ouija uh, prequel oh, sequel thing. Yeah. Right. Origin oh yeah, that was like good. Where did that oh, come from? Oh my god, it's so good. Well, that came from Flanagan because he knows what the hell he's doing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I'm saying it's a really interesting horror movie and thriller. It just at a certain point, I think he went to Stephen King. And I, yeah, right, that, right. that was uh, it. Yeah, okay. So I'm gonna love it. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like I, I think I want it. Chapter two, regardless of how good or bad it turns out, I want it to go full Stephen King. I yes. need that turtle. Full on. I'll, I'll continue to say that on that. That is. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! If you don't even know, you, you're in for like a, a wild ride. Uh, if you're a, if you're a constant reader, you know what you're talking about. Absolutely. Oh my god! I can't wait. Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Last hey, week. so much, man. Had a blast. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm so happy you were here. Where could the people find you? Okay, well, you can find me over on Twitter, at TheRealMattC. I post a lot of random bullshit. Oh. <laughs> All right. You know what? It's that, Twitter. That sounds about that's right. That's what Twitter's for. Yeah. Twitter's for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gene, thank you again. Where can people find you? Uh, Gene9892 on Twitter. And Nick, shut yes. up. <laughs> Fuck you, too. Only because I know you don't use Twitter. I don't. Yeah. I, I really don't. I hate Twitter. I, I know. I was going to be like, hey, I want to uh, follow this guy. I like him, but now I can't because you don't use Twitter. I, I hate yeah. Twitter. I, I, think, I, I think it's really annoying. <laughs> uh, no, uh, right. honestly, I, I, I am making a big push to actually start using Twitter now. Yeah. So. You have a Twitter. Okay. You just don't use it. I do have a Twitter. I just never post. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Twitter is, is a, a wretched hide of scum and villainy. You can yeah. find exactly. me on Twitter at Diego de los Muertos, per my spooky name. At D E double G O Waffles, Dago Waffles. Uh, links to everything over there. Waffle Press, like, subscribe. If you didn't like, like, subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like. And quick announcement we're launching our Patreon, which Ooh. is important because Woo! if you like what we do, Yay. you can support us and we can do more of it, including maybe some sketch stuff, maybe some long form video reviews, maybe even some essays. And we're planning out some very fun stuff for retrospectives regarding Star Wars, some stuff for Halloween, nothing for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving sucks and it is the weirdest holiday <laughs> ever because we celebrate the murder of indigenous people. Yeah. But, but turkey will be fun. And turkey. <laughs> and so go support us over there. Links all over the screen if you're watching on YouTube, down below in the doobity doo, all over the internet by the time this is up because we're never going to stop sharing that because please help. I'm so hungry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We've been professionally professional. That one. Yeah. Chewing loudly into the microphone. Oh, I'm eating a churro from the grizzly churro. It seems very oddly proud of place for me. Shut up now. Oh, I love this new sponsor, Grizzly Churro Company. Definitely the best churros in SoCal. Yeah, they make all their ingredients homegrown. Oh, we, we're not paid to say this.
If you want to find them, go ahead and find them at Grizzly Churros on their social media up the down below.